Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ladies and gents, welcome back once again. All things covered. Patrick Peterson, Brian McFadden, right back at you guys again. You know how we rock and roll another entertaining jam-packed episode for all of you faithful listeners and followers as well. Before we tap into our show, make sure you hit the subscribe and like button. Leave us a five-star rating. Most importantly, tell a friend to tell a friend. You can follow us and find us anywhere where podcasts are found. And oh, by the way, we have a YouTube channel as well. If you would like to see our nice, nice smile weekly, you can check us out on YouTube. Pat P. Man, there's a lot to talk about on this episode. We're going to recap the unfortunate game against the San Francisco 49ers, and we will be looking ahead to the next matchup, which is a primetime matchup against a divisional foe in the Cleveland Browns Monday Night Football. Make sure you be there or be squared. Do people still say that? I'm going to still say it because I'm an old soul. I think it's the right thing to say. All right, Pat P., you you know how we do. We got to talk about it. We got to get into it. Our faithful fans and listeners want to hear our opinions about what happened, of course, with you playing in the ball game. Make sure you hit us in our comment section as well, because we love to have fan participation. That's what we do here. All things covered. 49ers recap, a highly anticipated ball game. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the Steelers didn't take care of their business, lose 30 to 7. My Eric, what was my prediction? I think my prediction was somewhere around Steelers winning 24 to 16 or something like that. I can't recall. Uh, 20 to 16, right? That was my prediction. Uh, Did not happen. But for you, Pat P, what's the player perspective when there's so much hype building up in the offseason between two story franchises and then the team comes out? One team comes out and play exceptionally well, and the other team, your Pittsburgh Steelers, didn't play uh, to the level of expectations for week one, man. What's the player perspective with that type of situation? Man, honestly, we just have to look ourselves in the mirror and just understand that we just got outplayed. You know, we didn't do the things that we needed to do to put ourselves in the position to be successful. And, you know, 
And that's just the truth of the matter. You know, now it's upon us to go back to the drawing boards, go back, come together as a unit. And like I said, look ourselves in the mirror and be better the next outing. We know that wasn't the standard. We know we didn't play our best ball. But the great thing about the NFL, it's a long season. And, man, we have another great opportunity in front of us on a national stage against against the Cleveland Browns, who's, who's very high right now, coming off a big, big win against the Cincinnati Bengals. So we got we have our hands full again. But, you know, now we have an opportunity to play an AFC North uh, divisional opponent, an opponent that the team is very familiar with. So uh, we're looking to go out and to redeem ourselves by playing some of our best ball, consistent best mm-hmm. ball for 60 minutes. But And as always on our show, we always talk about the good and the bad. You know what I mean? And there were two, I would say, receptions, clearly that you were in proximity of in regards to the touchdowns. Break yeah. it down for us in regards to what happened on that play and what was going on mentally for you. And one play, I already know exactly what happened. You know what I mean? We talk about yeah. this religiously being a former defensive back myself and not really – a lot of people who never really played the game not understanding the, the, the dynamics of certain things and the flow of ball games. But right. take us through the breakdown on those two receptions in the end zone. Well, the first one, um, I could have been in a better position now looking at film. I was a little bit too deep in the end zone for one. Should have mm-hmm. made it run through me to get into his uh, into his route. <clears throat> That's number one uh, with me not under- being too deep in the end zone to allow him to have that easy access cut. Because if I'm defending the goal line, he either have to go around me or mm-hmm. go through me, which, put, which will put me in a better position to make that play. So for me, that was a bonehead play on my on, on my behalf because that's almost NFL one-on-one Dino concept, double post concept. We talked about this a lot last double year. Double end concepts. Yeah, and they, and they dressed it up a little bit different because they was in a stack. And uh, I believe, I can't remember who the, who was the point receiver. It could have been Debo, but uh, Ayuk was the inside too. So they ran a quick, quick switch. Mm-hmm. I was already outside leverage and I didn't move. And I, like I said, the, the only thing I could have done better is not play so deep in end zone. But he made the play. The second one, uh, I just should have recognized. I knew the route. I knew the back shoulder fade was coming. I should have looked earlier for the ball. That's mm-hmm. my only coaching point on that on my on myself because I was in position. You was in position. And um, I just should have looked back a little bit earlier for the ball because if I look back earlier, <clears throat> I think. I believe, I don't think, I believe I I, I could have had an intercept, uh, could have had an opportunity to intercept that ball or at the least PBU. Um, yeah, so that's the breakdown of those two players. And and talking about the theme, it seemed to be for the San Francisco 49ers, from my viewpoint, inside routes, inside breaking routes. That was a thing they did a lot of, inside breaking routes. Let's talk about the past breakups you had. You know what I mean? PFF had you down for five targets, three completions, and, of course, the two touchdowns that we just broke talk about. But you almost had opportunity to pick one on the dig route to kill him, right? And that was just one of the tales I was talking about. Like you said, you picked up on it. They run a lot of inside breaking routes. There ain't no secret about that. So, you know, I know you're going to talk about this later. Later did I, you know, provide any bullet points. If you watch film, it's on tape. Every offense, every defense in this in this league, in college, in high school, have tells. It's just going to be upon the player to be able to execute his job 
when mm-hmm. that or that formation comes about. You know what I mean? So they made this big story about da 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 da. It is what it is. I said what I said. Yeah, I don't take it back. Why would I take it back? I watch film just like everybody else, and everybody has tails in their schemes. No question. But it's about it. No question. And and that's the unique thing uh, that a lot of people don't understand about professionals. And that's something that I, you know, I really I appreciate you for. You're a stand up guy. You yeah. know what I mean? And you've done a lot. Hey, hey, all I know is to be me, man. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're a stand up guy. You've done a lot in this league. In the words of Dick LeBeau, legendary Hall of Fame coach, player, you used to tell us all the time, sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you. That It mm-hmm. happens. But it's I your job to get the pair more than you get there, more than they get you, and they get paid as well. That back shoulder fade, I already I was hollering. I said, if he happened to look sooner, I said yeah. the same thing. It probably could have been a pick. Because you was itching to, that 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 kiddo play, I literally thought he was gonna get it. Yeah. And, and instead of catching that, it like that, I you should have went like that. See, the thing, if you go back and watch the back view, because I obviously I had the guard, I I Got to make sure he's running that route. <coughs> Excuse me. Running the, um, I have to clarify that he's running the over the bang gate or whatever it may be. So if you look at it, I'm already top shoulder. So my right hand is on like his waist and my my right, uh, my left hand is coming inside like this here. But my right hand came over a little bit too late to where I could not really secure the catch to catch the ball because I uh, I was anticipating Rock on throwing the ball a little higher. Mm-hmm. Being with uh, Kittle being a 6'4", 6'5", type tight end, he want to put, you know, let him show off his catch radius. So I was anticipating a high ball, but he ended up throwing it low, and I wasn't able to get the right hand over just in time to secure the catch. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you live and you learn. as a great experience. And I can tell you this much, San Francisco, not knowing what to expect, because of some of the uncertainties with their team, they're a much better team than I thought on both sides of the football. Remember, that was a championship-like team a year ago. Mm-hmm. I felt like, and I had this conversation earlier today, if Brock Purdy don't get injured, we don't know, if, I don't know if Philadelphia gets to the Super Bowl, right? With the dynamics of their team, the talent on both sides of the football. So this was, I felt like this was a great test for the Pittsburgh Steelers to see exactly where you guys are. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you didn't do as well. But you still got 16 of them things left, right? Yeah. 16 of them things left. And there's a great building block to understand, yo, because of the preseason hype that was deserving because you guys played so well, there's still a lot left to be executed and examined to be able to showcase the skill set and the talent that you guys have and that we all believe you have. And that's the unique thing about the NFL. That's why it's the greatest sport in our country. The narrative can switch at any given time. You don't know what you don't know what you will see. You can expect. And I'm I listen, Pat P, you're not, you still a player. I gamble on games. I bet legally. And if you guys are watching and listening to me, there's a lot of things that happened this past weekend in the NFL. No one thought was gonna happen. No one thought <laughs> Seattle was gonna lay down to the Los Angeles Rams with a bunch of unknowns on their team for us based on the youthful experience they have going on in LA. No one thought Washington was going to struggle with the Arizona Cardinals, right? There's a lot. No one thought that Cowboys were going to put up 40 plus points and the Giants scored nothing. That's mm-hmm. the unique thing about our sport in regards to the NFL. You don't know what to expect. 
And the narrative can change any given time. I, for one, will say this, and we're going to transition to a bright spot. I remember my rookie year, 2005. Pat P, we go to the New England Patriots. Got hit in the mouth for four quarters. Heck, they scored the first play of the game. They embarrassed us on national TV, Monday Night Football. Everyone was talking bad about us in the clippings and saying this team sucks and they're overhyped. They're not physical. The Steeler mystique is gone. Man, we didn't read none of them headlines. We didn't read none of them headlines. Coach LeVoe used to tell us all the time, don't look at news. Don't read the clip and stay off of it. Nowadays, when you got social media, he said, he also used to tell us this. You're never as bad as they say you are, and you're never as good as you think you are. Right. You keep that perspective, you're going to go a long way. At the end of the day, we found a way to watch tape, embraced it, and got better and won a championship. So for our fans that feel some type of way, you're entitled to because the expectations are always high for Pittsburgh. But it's one game, they got 16 more left to be played. And this is a team that's well-coached, that has sound talent. They're going to find a way to correct their wrongs and be better in the next outing and just continue to ride with the guys because they jumped off our bandwagon in 05 when the coach kicked us in the mouth. Everybody jumped off our bandwagon, but we didn't. We knew what we had in store. And guess what? We got revenge. We went back to this indie and the rest is history. So, hey, Pat P, you're a leader of the team. You got sound leadership. You guys know what you need to do. That's the first part of becoming better, embracing the wrong, making it right. Y'all should be okay. A bright spot. Basically, the only bright spot, freaking TJ Watt. Oh, Lord. You talk about a grown man and a grown man, man. Listen, man. Three sacks. He tied James Harrison franchise record for sacks in the organization. James did a nice post on social media congratulating TJ Watt, man. And and, and what type of bright spot was TJ Watt in the ballgame against San Francisco? And just moving forward, you know what I mean? Knowing that he's a guy that can consistently give you that type of production, Pat Pete. Man, that's special. I mean, it's it's obviously a privilege to to have an opportunity to share the field with a type of player in TJ uh, for the 2023 season, and to see it unfold uh, yesterday, it was like, man, we just everybody just have to do their job. Mm-hmm. We already know if we, on the back end if we cover the guys, you know, be uh, as tight as in coverage as we need to be. We know the guys on the front are going to get home, you know, so. Everybody just have to do their job and be on the same page at all times. And you know, looking at the film, we understand that we 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 kicked ourselves in the foot. Right? We we didn't give ourselves an opportunity to win that ball game Sunday, and we understand that. And now watching that film, you know, taking the coaching, and and, and like I said, looking at ourselves in the mirror, that we itching to get back out there again. So, um, you know, I know it's going to be a long. We obviously got to answer a lot of questions. Got to go through the preparation uh, with the with the type of loss that we took, but I I, I believe and I know it's just going to make us that much much more hungry. Uh, and it's the nature of the NFL to deal with injuries, especially during a ball game. But for you guys, you know, two significant pieces went down in Deontay Johnson and Cam Hayward. Uh, what's the in game reaction when you know you lose two guys like that? Man, obviously in game you don't know what's going on. You just don't see them on the field. You don't yep. know you know, what the the severity is uh, of the injury. You just know that the guys are, you know, not on the field or on the sideline with you anymore. So those are big blows. You know, I I still don't know what the diagnosis is on either one of those guys. I think Cam was a growing. I I don't remember what uh, Deontay injury was, uh, but to, to, to not have those guys in the lineup is huge. 
know, because those guys mean so much to the not only the offense or defensive scheme, but into the game planning, you know, putting these guys in position to kill, you know. So um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be some holes. But I, I believe that we have guys that's behind them that's mm-hmm. going to be able to fill those holes until those guys are able to get back on the field with us. What didn't translate from a stellar preseason into uh, week one's game against San Francisco? Well, one, not getting off to a hot start, you know, mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. You know, I believe, you know, just letting, you know, getting the, the three and outs on offense and letting the San Fran offense drive the ball um, up and down the field. Um, it just wasn't a hot start that we was accustomed uh, throughout preseason. Uh, yeah. But we obviously know this ain't preseason no more. You know, now teams have the opportunity to game plan against you, have an opportunity to really dissect what you're trying to do to attack them. So we understood that, you know, but as coach always say, we cannot warm up to it. And we got a taste of it early. And we understand that that is a real saying. You cannot warm up to the action. You have to go in there with your mind right yep. and your foot on the gas pedal, ready to roll. Last question for you before we go to a quick break. We had a discussion, me and you, we talked about what cleats we're going to wear. You had some exclusive, some some custom-made cleats. <clears throat> like it was a lot of slipping going on uh, uh, on Sunday. You know, in regards to moving forward, knowing you will have a lot more games there at home in Pittsburgh, footing-wise, is there anything that you will be doing differently moving forward? Um... You know, I, don't, I only slipped that one time, but I was like, it only take one time for me. Obviously, it was a touchdown, too. So. And, and you changed your cleats, I know. Yeah, I changed it right away. I say, and I brought an extra pair out there anyway, you yeah. know, just to, just in case, um, because I didn't warm – I warmed up in the cleats pregame, but I didn't warm up in them uh, throughout the week. Um, but I think I'm going to end up wearing the cleats that I wore. Um, I end up changing out of my old 2000 – these some old daddies here, Matt. Man, I think I got these like in 2015, maybe. And you still got them? Yeah, I see a picture of them. So you're going back to the old faithfuls? Yeah, going back to the old faithfuls. Okay, all right. So say no more. Say going no back more. to the old, I think they have the vapor, the vapor knit, the, like the knit ones uh, that it almost look like a sock. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, hey, whatever you got to do to make yourself feel comfortable. We had that come conversation and you were talking about you think because pittsburgh played the university of pitt played saturday yeah right they had a game saturday which i don't understand i don't know why they do that why schedule two games in two days on the same field especially in pittsburgh that doesn't make any sense i don't know why they do that man pittsburgh was one or the other got to be away don't have back-to-back games on that field because by october man sometimes it can get real ugly out there so But, okay, you got to do whatever you got to do to make yourself feel comfortable. And like you said, all it takes was one. When I saw you slip, I said, oh, I already know what he's doing. He's going to be changing. He's going to be changing. Cleats. And lo and behold. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Pat P., great recap. San Francisco, not a great recap, but a thorough recap coming from you being a part of the ball game. Ladies and gents, stay tuned. We're going to get ready to tap into what's next. Because for us to get this bad taste out of our mouth, we got to go play another ball game. That ball game will be coming up in a few days. Monday night action there in Pittsburgh. The Cleveland Browns preview is what we will attack next. Stay tuned. Pat, P- Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Week two will be upon us sooner than later. That opponent is an opponent that you don't like, the Steelers don't like, and they don't like y'all either. The Cleveland Browns will be coming to Pittsburgh, surprising a lot of people. Remember I talked about the narrative of the unknowns happening in the game of football, especially in the NFL. The Cleveland Browns took care of business easily against Cincinnati. I actually had had Cleveland in the two-team parlay money line. I didn't even want points that the, the Cincinnati Bengals was giving Cleveland. I had Cleveland. In Pittsburgh. So let me talk to the fans real quick and the listeners. Pat P, this has nothing to do with you. You're just a bystander. Right now. <laughs> I went into Sunday's slate of ball games with about three different parlays. I had a Thursday night parlay that consisted of the Detroit Lions winning. They won. I had Atlanta in that parlay as well. Atlanta won. I had Cleveland in that parlay getting points. Cleveland won. I had the Pittsburgh Steelers in that parlay getting points. Pittsburgh law. I had a two-team parlay consisting of Cleveland beating Cincinnati, no points, money line. Pittsburgh beating San Francisco, no points, money line. Pittsburgh lost that parlay as well. Long story short, I had three parlays all consistent of Pittsburgh because I was that confident it was going to happen. It didn't happen. It happens, right? That's what I'm talking about, the narrative. And this game right here for the Cleveland Browns, no one saw Cleveland doing what they did to the Pittsburgh, I mean, to the Cincinnati Bengals. I watched that game, Pat P. They surprised me with how well they dominated in the trenches on both sides of the football. 1-0 after beating Cincinnati 24-3. Uh, you were playing at the same time as I mentioned. You didn't get a chance to really see a lot. I watched that game thoroughly. And like I said, I was definitely surprised. It's a home game, primetime game. You know, what are your expectations? You just played in front of Pittsburgh in the, in the crowd Sunday. Clearly, it was extremely loud for about a half until things kind of got out of whack. 
But what are you expecting from, you know, this bounce back opportunity for you and the fans as well, hosting the Cleveland Browns, a divisional foe to say the least? Um, well, obviously, I know the fans are going to be there. Um, as players, we have to make sure that we show up. You know, we have to make sure we show up and be ready to execute yep. the game plan on this big stage and being able to get this bad taste out of our mouths. So, um, my expectations. I know. I know. The, I know the stadium is going to be crowd, uh, crowded. Yep. It's going to be loud. You know. I know. You know. This is. You know. Monday night football. You know what I mean. And, and being here in Pittsburgh for the last four or five months. This is a football town. No question. No football. Steelers. So I know they're going to show up and show out now just upon us to go out here and have a great week of preparation and go out and execute to the best of our ability to try to pull out, uh, pull out a W. Well, a little, a little, I like to, like to, to share some good news for you guys. BMAC will be in the building. I will be there. And I'll say this. I think I am a good luck charm. Because the last game I was at was, was a preseason game. You guys played fairly well. Mm. So I'll be there in the building Sunday. And if you guys beat the dogs, the dog slot out of Cleveland, I think Mr. Rooney and crew need to find a way to make sure I'm at every ball game because I might <laughs> be So our listeners and our viewers, when we do our recap with the Browns and get ready for that Vegas game, if Pittsburgh Molly Wap, the Cleveland Browns, I think I know who the secret is and the good secret is. So we just got to figure it out the rest of the way. And Mr. Rooney had to talk to CBS and, and figure out what they can do to have me be in the building for every ball game because you guys potentially could go 16-1 and one if BMAC is there. Hey, put it out there. <laughs> we find a way to work it out. Everybody be happy. I think it, it can happen. Now, this is something I didn't know, Pappy. You never played against Deshaun Watson. Nope. The last time I had an opportunity to play against him was 16, maybe 17, in Houston. Yep. And he got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So you never played against Deshaun Watson? Oh, my first uh, time. Yeah. Still talent, talented player. Um, Did some pretty good things against uh, Cincinnati and what I was, you know, intrigued to see what I see a more comfortable Deshaun Watson, even though the weather was a bit difficult with the rain and everything like that. But he started to really make plays with his legs when it's when it wasn't really there in the passing game. And that's another element to who he is as a player, you know, the dual threat ability that he has. So he made some plays. We know what he could be capable of. And, you know, he has the, you know, starting to establish a relationship with his wide receivers, Amari Cooper, South Florida guy. Donovan People-Jones, Elijah Moore, another South Florida kid as well from Broward County. Uh, Those are the three top wide receivers. You know, Elijah Moore is kind of like their Calvin Austin, to say the least, a joystick-type player. Uh, You know, you've played against Amari Cooper before, outstanding route runner. You know, when you talk about those three guys, man, and knowing, you know, the task you guys just faced against San Francisco, you know, are there any similarities with the individuals for this week with the Cleveland Browns? Um. No, nah, not really. Not really, because you I feel like you have much more of a, a savvy receipt. I don't want people to take this out of the wrong content. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with with uh with the Cleveland Browns receiver core, they run more routes. They run more routes out of the out of the uh out of the uh the uh the route tree. 
Mm-hmm. Versus San Fran, like we talked about, there are more in-breaking routes, more digs, more bang gates. Yeah. I don't know if it's easier for the quarterback to see or this is how, <coughs> excuse me, or if that's just how the offense is structured, but it is what it is. But with this, with this group that we're going up against Sunday, they're going to have a little bit more wiggle in their routes. They're going to have a little bit more variety of routes. You know, so we're gonna to have to make sure that we're on our P's and Q's for sure because um, we know how good of a route runner Amari is. He can make one thing look yeah. like another, especially in the red zone. Yeah. Um, uh, you got uh, People Jones, who is a a, a bigger uh, uh, who's who's a shifty receiver who can take the top off the defense as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't watched much of uh, Elijah Moore. Yeah, Elijah Moore obviously been with my first year. Here in the uh, in in the division, so I'm actually about to get get on film here after our show, so I'll be able to tell you a little bit more about him. But those two guys are, you know, some some receivers um, that have the ability to run multiple routes versus just in breaking routes. Yeah, and, and one thing in regards to Cleveland, you 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 cannot have a conversation talking about the Browns' offense without mentioning Nick Chubb. No question. Nick Chubb is a grown man. He had a lot of success uh, against Cincinnati last Sunday. You guys just played against Christian McCaffrey, another big threat at the running back position. It don't get any easier with Nick Chubb coming to town. Uh, where does he fit in your best running backs in the league right now? Man, he's top five for sure. Easily, yeah. Yeah, he's top I, I, You know, I, I really hate like numbering guys because guys, so many guys are different at so many different things. Like to me, Christian and Nick Chubb are not, they, they play running back, but they're not the same running back. They're different running backs. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's hard to to kind of gauge on like, who's the best. If you want to say who's the best running back, you know, you got to put it in a category. Like who's the best downhill running back? Because you don't see Nick Chubb catching passes out of the backfield. You don't see him out there running no no slant, no hitches, no anything like that. You don't see Derrick Henry doing that. You know what I mean? So you have to kind of put these guys in uh, in different categories uh, because all these running backs have different skill sets now. Um, But he's top five for sure easily. That's not even – Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. He quietly – dominates opposing defenses. So this yeah. is a big time task for you guys uh, based on what you just faced uh, last week with San Francisco. Now, defensively for uh, the Cleveland Browns, they got some new faces out there and they did a great job in just putting pressure on Joe Burrow, neutralizing their game plan. Zadarius Smith, your former teammate, Dalvin Tomlinson, both on the Browns right now. You know those guys ex- extremely well playing with them in Minnesota. You pair them up with Miles Garrett, man. You, you got some dogs in that in, in that front. What kind of forces does you know those guys present in regards to challenges for the Steelers' offense? And you played against a pretty dominant unit on the defensive front in San Francisco uh, this past week. You know, and, and and seeing what happened against San Francisco when you talk about playing against some guys that you know that you want to battle with, man, what type of challenges they could present to your offensive line unit and offense in totality? Man, just like we got another big running back task at hand as a, as a defense. Yep. You know, these The offensive line and offensive unit got another big task of a, a nice front seven waiting on them as well. You know, but <laughs> no 
Even we got to smile in the face of adversity. Yeah. And accept the challenge. Yep. How are we going to respond? You know what I mean? We know that coach did everything that he was supposed to do to have us physically ready. You know, now it's upon us to go out there and put our brains without physical uh without uh without without physicality. Yep. Go out there and execute the game plan. You know, that 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 was just to me, that was the biggest takeaway from that game that we watch, you yep. know. Uh, uh, over the past, uh, uh, the last game we just played against the 49ers. It just, we was not doing our jobs. Point blank. Down as simple as that, man. We was not doing our jobs. We was not in the position that we needed to be in. So, with uh, with with uh, with Dal uh, with Dalvin and uh, Zadarius and uh, Miles Garrett, you know, this is another great opportunity for the guys to bounce back and, and put together a stellar performance because we're going to need it because when we get into playoffs, we're going to see teams like this, you know, when yep. you get deeper in the season, you're going to see teams like this, you know, so how are we going, how are we going to mount up to these guys when we see them? No doubt. No doubt. And, and the thing about that loss, it was a tough loss, but it was against an NFC opponent. This is a huge yep. game. Of course, yeah. as every game is in the National Football League, but it's against a divisional foe. And you yeah. talk about trying to get into the playoffs, you got to take care of business in the division. A year ago, with a lot of different things happening, the Pittsburgh Steelers split with every team in the division. This is a big divisional game. The Browns are already 1-0 in the division. You got Cincinnati on one in the division. This is huge right now for both teams. So this is this could have playoff implications on the line. Not saying it decides if you get in or not, but in regards yeah. to – Looking back in December, this is this could be huge. So that's why this is such an important game. Now it's prediction time for our listeners and our viewers. I will give a prediction every week. But before I give my prediction, I have some stats that are very, very critical and important to all of our listeners and viewers that tuning in that like to put a little money on certain ball games. Okay, some stats on the Pittsburgh Steelers side. Get this. Pittsburgh has won 19 straight regular season home games versus the Cleveland Browns, the second longest home streak versus a single team in NFL history. Pittsburgh won 20 straight home games on Monday Night Football, the longest streak all time. That is extremely, extremely significant. So that's a bright spot. And oh, by the way, I will be in the building. So my prediction for this ball game, this is going to be one of those slow round, 12 round drug fest. Two heavyweights, tired in the eighth round, slugging it out. It's not, it's going to be one of those games. If you guys know AFC North football, especially with Pittsburgh, the under is probably going to be the play. I'm going with this ball game, 16 to 12, Pittsburgh way. 16-12, Pittsburgh slow drug out type affair, hit the under Pittsburgh. And I own, oh, by the way, for our betters, the Cleveland Browns are giving one point right now. So it's almost basically a pick -em. So that's something that you got to monitor as well. Based on how well Cleveland played and how bad, how poorly Pittsburgh played, the Steelers only getting one point. So it's basically a pickle. So, so the folks out in Vegas know something, but we all got to wait and see how it plays out with Pat P and his teammates. And is that four field goals for the Browns? Yeah. No touchdowns, all field goals. So for you fantasy owners, if you got a Cleveland Browns field goal kicker, you might be okay. Because I'm only, they only getting field goals. Yes, Eric, that's only field goals. What was I said? The score is 16 to 12. 16, 16 to 12. 
in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. When we come back, we're going to tap into around the league. There's a lot to talk about. Pat P, you wasn't really seeing what was happening because you was working. I was working also with my job is to watch football. So I got yeah. to see everything that took place, and we're going to tap into it up coming up. We're going to tap into it coming up shortly. Stay tuned. Pat. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Pete, before we let you go, get ready for film study, get ready to dissect this upcoming matchup against the Cleveland Browns, I got to talk to you about around the league. In the field-wise, a lot took place. A lot of entertaining plays. Like I said, a lot of unknowns happened. But we got to go down to South Florida. Florida, your favorite team growing up, the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, you don't got the Dolphins on the schedule. But, boy, the secondaries that will face Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, man, y'all better eat light all week because that boy is faster and quicker, it looks like. <laughs> man, Tyreek Hill had 11 receptions for 215 yards, two touchdowns. He averaged almost 20 yards per reception. Two a tongue of our lower over 400 yards, three touchdowns. These two guys were unstoppable against the Chargers, and it's going to be hard for anybody to really slow them down unless you put pressure on that quarterback. Man, we talked about Justin Jefferson potentially getting 2,000 yards receiving, something that, you know, hasn't been done before ever. I really like Tyreek Hill's chances in doing so. And you've played against Tyreek Hill throughout your professional career, but this Tyreek Hill, I mean, he, it's hard to think that he can get faster or look faster, but he kind of looks faster. Yeah, man. I, I I just saw the actually I saw that game. I watched that game when I got home. Uh-huh. And he, like you said, man, he just looks stronger, looks faster. Uh I don't like his jersey though. The loose jersey, the loose yeah. jersey. Yeah, that's what yeah. <laughs> hey, he got there looking like a quarterback. Hey, that's his that's his style. That's his smile. I'm like, what time he got that door with the blue sleeves on that on out there looking like a, a QB. Yeah. <laughs> but uh man, he looks he looks sharp, man. He looks sharp, man. He look he looks very very well uh, in tune with his quarterback. You can tell him and his quarterback put some time in in the off season, and when Tua dropped back, he's looking for ten. He <laughs> no matter who's covering him, and the the scheme that he's in. We all oh. thought that it was going to be tough for Tyreek to get into another scheme like an Andy Reid to be able to get him on the move, put the ball in his hands, and have him do dynamic things. Nothing has changed. <laughs> if anything, they're finding better ways to get the ball in his hand in his hand at the receiver position versus just the deep ball. Oh, that's the thing. The creativity that he is a part of in their offense. They yes. have Tyree here running in motion and they're hiking the ball in mid-motion, and he's coming off the line already in mid-sprint. That creativity. Fast enough anyway. And he's you already, that's what I'm saying. He's fast enough standing straight up. 
but it's almost like an arena league or Canadian league like motion. He's coming down and they hike the ball while he's already in motion. And now he's coming at you with a full head of steam. Yeah. So now as a defender, the first thing I'm trying to do is get up out of there. <laughs> right? And if I do that, they can easily hit you with the stop route, the hitch route, the comeback route. And if yeah, you say yeah, yes, everything, post. Yeah, anything. And then he might. Yep. Yeah, so Mike McDaniels, bro, you know, he got a little bit of that mad scientist in his blood in regards to calling plays. And, and they do a great job in utilizing Tyreek Hill. And anytime he gets man-to-man, I mean, if he don't have any extra attention over him, you got to go to his side because he's just that fast, man. Tyreek Hill, ninth career game with 175-plus reception yards, second most in NFL history, Lance Allworth, 11. Four of them have come with Miami in 18 games with the Dolphins. Third career game with 200 receiving yards and two-plus touchdowns. One of three players in NFL history with three games. Of that stat, Don Hudson and Charlie Heineken. Oh, that boy's a grown man. Now, when you factor in, you know, the NFC, we saw the Cowboys. Did you see what the Cowboys did to the Giants? Man, I fell asleep on that game. The Giants did, too. <laughs> yeah, after at the halftime, I think it was 26 nothing. It was four, it was 40. Imagine and the, and the weather was bad too. I was like, Giants ain't probably gonna get nothing going. It was, it was 40 to zero. I actually had the Cowboys defense in my fantasy league. They gave me 39 fantasy points for all the Jeez. fantasy lovers and, and mm. players out there watching and tuning us who had the Cowboys defense like I did. We're smiling, smiling, and hopefully we go ahead and get us a victory. So the odds to, in regards to the NFC. The odds to reach the Super Bowl in the NFC, you got the 49ers plus 300, Eagles plus 300, Cowboys plus 525, and the Lions plus 750. I think it's a three-team race in the division, in the conference in regards to the NFC. We got to see how it play out. Before I let you go, your former team, a guy you've been knowing since your LSU days, Justin Jefferson didn't get a deal done. Oh, by the way, his first half, Justin Jefferson had 124 yards in the first half. Man, ain't nothing new. (laughs) I, I see him do that up close and personal last year. Against Tampa, he had 124 yards, 120-something yards in the first half, Pat. Like, he only finished with 130-something, so they kind of – I don't know if they devoted more attention to him in the second half, but he was at his pace. He was going to have a Tyreek Hill-type day, but he didn't. But he didn't get a deal done. Do you foresee any chance with, with Justin Jefferson leaving Minnesota? Mm, that's a good question. With my initial reaction, no. I'm right there with you. Because I don't think they want to let that type of talent go. You can't let that go. Yeah, man, that dude different. And what he means to the community, to the organization, to the fan base. Like, you just don't let those guys walk away. So, my initial reaction, no. no. But with this league, you never know. Nah, they not letting him go. Justin, I'm sorry. I misquoted his stats. He finished with at least 150 yards. Yeah. That's his ninth career game of having at least 150 yards plus receiving yards. Second most through four seasons in NFL history behind Lance Allworth, who has who had 10. So he might surpass Lance, giving the trajectory and where he's going based on what he did in week one. So I'm right there with you. I mean, you never know what to expect nowadays, but if they let you let go Dalvin Cook. Adam Thielen is no longer there. You just drafted Jordan Addison. You paid TJ Hawkinson. Those guys benefit off Justin Jefferson. Yeah. You let Justin Jefferson go, man. You start over, sound like. Yeah, that ain't smart. 
Because right, because what Kurt is on a one year deal, right? Basically, right. yep. So who knows? Who knows? But I, I, I don't foresee that won't be smart to do. But yeah, I, I thought they would have definitely would have had a deal done before the season, though. But when I saw TJ, they, when I saw they gave TJ the deal, I was like, ah, I don't know how they're going to you know make that happen. But I know it's going to be kind of tough trying to pay Justin now because Justin, hard. this is his fourth year, third year. Justin, yeah. This is his fourth year. This is fourth year. Yeah. So they already picked up his fifth year option. So they probably get a deal done sooner or later. And boy, man, Justin Jefferson probably gonna be getting close to $30 million a year, man. Whatever it is, it's gonna be the highest. (laughs) Whatever it is, man, it's gonna be the highest, which it should be, man. He well deserved. No question, no argument there. No argument there. Well, Pat P, man, appreciate you getting on with us. Unfortunately. These are the episodes that we have sometimes when things happen, not our favor, but this is what we do. We still got to deliver quality sound content. I hope our listeners, our viewers, definitely enjoyed your thorough breakdown of the game, recapping the San Francisco 49ers loss and previewing the Cleveland Browns. The opportunity to get right. You take your business against Cleveland. You want to know your division. You feel a lot better than what you're currently feeling right now. So get ready for Monday Night Football. If you're going to the game, make sure you're there on time, fired up. If you're not going, make sure you're having your Steeler gear. Just send us some pictures, man. Send us some pictures of your Steeler outfit for Monday Night Football, man, and shoot them to our comment section so we can go ahead and shot you out as well after this big-time victory. Remember my prediction, 16-12. Pittsburgh Steelers, one and one, first win of the season. It happens next Monday night. Tell a friend to tell a friend, all things covered. Pat Peterson, Brian McFadden, see you when we see you. Peace. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.